The Spanish Announce Table. It is episode 422 of the Spanish Announce Table. Uh, I'm excited to talk about wrestling. Uh, a lot of things happen in pro wrestling. And, and Tom, anything? How's, how's hey, uh, I'm I'm so sorry. Uh, uh. You said, are you ready? And I said, yes, but I'm not. Uh, just give me a quick second. Tom, Tom, we're live, bro. I know, I know. Just give me a quick second. Tom, li- uh, um, Tom forgot what live means. Tom is over here oh. fumbling away in his big bag. Oh, Oh, I just oh, had to get a hat. hat. I didn't do yeah. my hair. Do you like right. this hat? Yeah, that hat is amazing. What does I that say? Kansas I, City? Yeah, Super say? Bowl champions. champions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, right, right, hey. Right, right. And then, yeah. uh, obviously, uh, peeking behind the curtain, mm-hmm. I don't see what's behind us. For mm-hmm. me, all I see is the green screen. Yeah. So we're recording this on uh, Zoom, so I just see the green screen. So, Tim, um, I don't know what's behind us, but if you needed something, did you want to use this? I've got I something can... behind us that looks pretty similar. Uh, it, oh. It's got that man on on the uh, on the left, or, or you know, the right side as you look at it straight on in the yeah. red hat. Um, champs man, again, again, champs, yeah, champs, champs again. again. The, yeah, so Kansas City won the Super Bowl, you know. Oh, hey, and Jeffrey Still Sills, Jeffrey yeah. Sills is in the uh, yeah, chat. Yeah, he he's in the chat. Hey, man, good to see you. Uh, hopefully, you're having a good time. Um, he's our beer sponsor of the week still, cause I still got the beer. So it's him that sponsored it. Uh, so here you go. Cheers to you, Jeffrey. Uh, as you can see though, uh, this bottle is empty because I'm learning as I continue to drink beers during the broadcast, I actually prefer it out of a glass. Yeah. It tastes better out of a glass. Mm, smooth. Uh, so, so I got this glass. What does oh, that yeah. say? That's a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl champion. 57 champions. That's this year's Super Bowl. That's Oh, that was the Super Bowl that just that was happened. The Super Bowl. That was just yeah. the Super Bowl. So the Chiefs won that Super Bowl. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, now I'm ready. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, did did you want to use this? Oh yeah. I mean, well, I thought about maybe using this here. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, hey, listen. Uh, everybody who's listened to the show knows we uh, we do. Come from Kansas City, the both of us, in, but we're in two different cities, so go figure. We broadcast this from Kansas City. That's how great Kansas City is. There's two of them. Yeah. And in the two Kansas, states. In two states. The Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, which Love it. Uh, there was never a doubt uh, on our end. You can go back and do all the fact checking you need to there. Yeah, you, on this podcast, there was never a doubt. There yeah, was never right. a doubt on this never podcast. Never a doubt. And um, we had a blast. Uh, but we are a wrestling podcast, and we will talk about Dynamite because you know Dynamite was yesterday, and Dynamite was fun. But you know what else was yesterday was uh, fun yesterday was a Super Bowl parade that Tom and I attended <laughs> downtown Kansas City because that's where the fucking team that won the Super Bowl was, the Kansas City Chiefs. As Tom takes a sip of his celebration, can I tell beer. you? I'll tell you something I haven't told you before. And it'll be news to you and the listening audience or viewing audience if you're on the YouTube. Um, So never in doubt the game, right? Just let us indulge us on just a couple stories here. Um, I had a doubt and I can tell you how (laughs) I had a doubt because um, with this medication that I'm on, uh, my blood pressure can rise a little bit. Like it's a little bit abnormal than it was before I started taking my chemo pill, right? Um, so I have to continually take my blood pressure, like throughout the day, all random times. Like I'm taking it after this podcast, right? Took my blood pressure after the first quarter, uh, Tim, uh, your top number, 
if your top number is at 180, it's called a cardiac event and you should go to the hospital, right? And if your bottom number is over a hundred, you need to not move and like go into meditation. So Tim, after the first quarter, took my blood pressure, 179 over 111. Jeez, man. That's... <laughs> These fucking Chiefs. Yeah. I wish they blew them out. Listen, <laughs> really did. I uh, in, in the 10 years that Tom and I have been doing this show and have been friends, uh, Tom has told me he loves me twice. And yep. both of those times came as the clock is striking zero of a Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory. <laughs> 54 and 57. Oh, my God. That was great. But, man, I tell you what, they did not make it easy for a Chiefs fan to get through that game because I'm a pessimist, as most of you have kind of figured out or know. And so there was a lot of Wait. fucking, we're done, ah, shit, we're over. Well, hey, wait a minute, maybe we will get the victory. No, you called the AFC Championship game for the Bengals 17 times during the course Easy. of our chats. During the game. Yeah. We're, like, Fuck it. we're done. That was the game. We lose by three. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I can tell you in the AFC championship game, when Patrick Mahomes tried to attempt that throw and fumbled it, I thought that was it. I thought that was completely it. I thought we were done. And then at the end of the half of the Super Bowl, the way they played us and mm. just didn't allow the offense on the field. I was like, how are they, how are we ever going to stop that? And so I was just like, we're fucked. And then I'm an idiot. Patrick Mahomes said, you know, uh, w you dumb shits who, who have little faith. Let me show you the way and had one incompletion in the entire second half and threw three fucking touchdowns. Are you serious? Yeah, he's the best. Three total touchdowns, but two in the second half. But, but he's good the best. We, he's the greatest. we scored on every drive. Mm -hmm. If you don't know football, you fucking know that that is at least good. We <laughs> scored every time we had the goddamn ball. Incredible. But the Eagles, credit to them. They fucking played their hearts out. Yo, Jalen Hurts played an amazing game i mean he played what he had 300 yards a touchdown ran for three touchdowns which only what terrell davis only he's terrell only davis had ever done that. yeah who's a who's <laughs> a hall of fame running back running back yeah, exactly. yeah he's a running yeah back. i mean they played good enough to win and 35 points is good enough to win what 50 plus Everyone super bowls i mean like, well, I, don't, I don't know if yeah, you go back yeah. and look at all the super bowls 35 points would have won you almost all of them yep it's good enough to beat every team except for one. And that team, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they're Kansas scoring a City touchdown Chiefs. when they were lined up in the wrong formation, too. God, they just. Oh, I can't good. wait. They're it hasn't good. been released yet, but the NFL mic'd up of Super Bowl 57, I am so anxious for. I cannot wait till that. I would released. pay. Love I it. would pay to watch it if they were like, oh, you got to pay $19.99. I'd... Here, here's twice. Side note. <laughs> We'll get into the wrestling, so mm -hmm. just give us some patience here. You know what I keep hearing a rumor of, though, with the uh, big wigs that uh, control entertainment? Uh-oh. They keep looking at all these numbers of the Super Bowl. Wow, that's 113 million people watched this year. That's a fifth all-time, I think they said, all this stuff. Uh, how can we monetize that? I'm starting to read some reports that there's been conversations of making the Super Bowl a pay-per-view event. What do you think about that? What? Mm -hmm. That would be... It's a dumb decision. Well, but, I mean, would you pay for it? Uh, not every year? Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
But if the, I mean, we're never gonna not go to the Super Bowl, so yeah, we're the ones fucked. We're gonna be the ones having to. Yeah, pay we're for gonna it. have to pay every time. <laughs> One thing that was fun is that the uh, parade as it was ending and people were, were like walking past and, you know, we're getting out of there. Uh, I just would fist bump everyone and said, see you next year. See you next yeah. year. See you next year. <laughs> I like it. See you next yes. year. See you next year. Yeah. Oh my God. I tell you what, it's just been cloud nine last night's AEW dynamite. Let's get into it. Uh, it wasn't great. I, I told you before we recorded, I think the best way to describe this episode was ordinary. Mm, Nothing yeah. was bad. But when you're sitting on cloud nine of a Super Bowl championship, that was a pretty great episode of Dynamite. Because in the times it was a little bit boring, just watch clips of the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, you just had clips <laughs> of the Super Bowl. And you know what? I, you know, for, for pro wrestling sake and for when I go try to cut up these clips for social media, if we're talking about wrestling, it's going to look weird that we have the great and powerful Andy Reid behind us. Or it's going to look weird that we have the great and powerful Patrick Mahomes and his glorious tongue hanging out <laughs> behind us. So I'll get rid of those for now. They may reappear uh, and we'll put up some, uh, we'll put up like, uh, I've got a, a hangman and hey, hey, hangman. Uh, I tell you what, yeah. hangman for again, we'll kind of quick uh, high level overview for that episode being somewhat ordinary. Hangman was very interesting. This episode, I think, they they alluded to the effect uh, to the effect a couple different times of him blinking a lot, which 2023, I don't know if concussions should be a storyline, but it seems like that's where they're going. And uh, his whole demeanor throughout this entire episode was very yeah. intriguing. I liked it a lot, but let, let's get I into agree. it. Yeah. So before the episode even started, we got an in memoriam or in memory of uh, the passing, unfortunately, of Jerry Jarrett the father of Jeff Jarrett. Uh, he was also the promoter of the Memphis territory. Uh, if you ever watch young rock, which I actually kind of do yeah. like that show. It's yeah, a good, it's a good show. this is what I'll say about young rock. It's not going to move you. You're not going to cry or like laugh. your uh, no breaking bad. Yeah. It's not breaking bad. And it's not the funniest show you're ever going to see. However, you need 22 minutes where you're just like, whatever. Yeah. It's oh, if you're, especially if you're an older wrestling fan, like we yes. are, you will yeah. love the stories and some of the back stuff. Love it. Yeah. And uh, and the mother in that show is very, very good. I like her yes. a lot. But uh, uh, Memphis, if you're watching Young Rock, Memphis is mentioned a lot because uh, Soul Man Rocky Johnson uh, wrestled in that territory. And then when The Rock started his WWE career before he made it to the main roster, he was in Memphis wrestling for Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Lawler. So uh, Jerry Jarrett passed away. I think, you know, we're a little bit on the younger side. I think when we grew up, we were kind of in that prime for WWE has expanded and WrestleMania is on the cusp of becoming the biggest thing ever. So we honestly missed a little bit of those territory days. With that being said, though, uh, obviously you can check out Peacock and watch the WWE content on there. Uh, you can also go to Vice and check out the territories. They did a profile on Memphis, which is, again, Jerry Jarrett's uh, promotion. Uh, and so, again, you can see his impact. We didn't really feel it if we're being completely transparent with you. But obviously, we're aware of his impact. And uh, I told you this off air before we started. I think the thing that always blows my mind is uh, the the story that was confirmed by Vince McMahon 
is that if Vince was going to be convicted and have to serve jail time during his steroid trial, the person that was going to take over was not Pat Patterson, was not Gerald Briscoe, was not a Shane or Stephanie because they were too young. It was going to be Jerry Jarrett. And I think that's pretty incredible for Vince McMahon to, if he had to, you know, turn it over to Jerry to. Right. Yeah. And I don't know what ultimately either he just trusted him to do what he would have wanted or maybe at least they thought along the same lines of booking or something or what, because I mean, there was a couple people in that close circle at the same time. Right. I mean, there was your Mm -hmm. Richards, your Patterson's, like you said, who had been there from day one and were not to necessarily say they were yes men to be yes men's sake, but they were all gung ho on Vince's vision and, and, and thought, right. They were on the team. So yeah, the, that it was Jerry Jarrett was the singled out one was always interesting to me as well. And so, and you know, I, Hey, uh, I know of the lore of Memphis. And as you said, a lot of that was brought on by Jerry Jarrett. So I'm sure there's a sad loss to the wrestling community. Definitely. And yeah, if you want to go back, I would say some of those Memphis shows uh, or Memphis matches that kind of hold uh, and stand the test of time. Check out the empty arena match between Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk. That was revolutionary. Obviously, fast forward to, I believe, the year 2000 and halftime heat and you had Mankind versus The Rock in an empty arena match. So obviously, WWE had been taking some influences from Memphis. Uh, So, yeah, I would say if you're interested in who this person is, check out the network or Peacock, whatever you got, and uh, check out what he he had to offer. And definitely check out Young Rock. And Jeffrey Sills is in the chat saying, I love Young Rock. Uh, Theo P75 is also in the chat earlier. He said, oh, gripe, get ready for a whole 90 minutes of Tim and Tom shilling, gushing, and putting over the KC Chiefs Super Bowl win over the Eagles. And thank you for giving us the opportunity, Theo, to mention that Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Uh, We may do that once or twice throughout the remainder of the show, so stick with us. And you could jump in the chat with us if you're you're watching us live on the YouTube, or even if you're listening back later on the podcast, you can check us out each week live on the YouTube. You can see the videos. Uh, That's at Spanish Announce Table Podcast on the YouTube. Um, But you can always use Twitter, hashtag Tweet the Table. Let us know what you think, and we'll read those on the show as well. But, Tom... um, Jerry Jarrett has passed. That is sad. Um, check out the Young then, Rock. Yeah. And then with the the uh, in memory of Jerry Jarrett graphic that plays, the first thing we hear is the music of Jeff Jarrett, which Jeff I thought Jarrett. was pretty interesting. Now, there's enough examples, and I think RJ City on Twitter actually said this pretty great is in times of tragedy, sometimes the best thing to do is to do the thing you love. And so I thought it was really interesting to say that Jeff Jarrett was the first one like, yep, let's go. We're starting it off. It's with me. We're going to do this. (laughs) And he comes out. It's him, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh. And they're taking on an interesting team. I don't know how I feel about this. I want your feedback on this. But they take on the team of Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed. Okay. Yeah. And Orange Cassidy. Yeah. What do you think about that team? I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. It was. It was an odd pairing, but I will say, it was an odd pairing just because they were never ever really engaged in any storyline mentionings together. I don't. I don't think I've, we've ever seen them cross paths on television. So Orange Cassidy just be hanging out with Billy Gunn. The acclaimed didn't feel like a fish out of water 
right? It feels right. like these characters would be friendly and be mm-hmm. cool with each other. Mm-hmm. But it was out of nowhere that now all of a sudden they're in a match together. That one kind of threw me for a loop. And it I don't think there was anything delivered from it, right? It just felt like a stand-in. Yeah, and also it felt like with Orange Cassidy and his cast of characters around him, his friends, the best friends, Dan Housen, things like that, that you would maybe take Billy Gunn out of this equation and put in a Trent, a Chuck Taylor, a Dan Housen, or Dan someone. Housen. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it just felt like, man, this is really acclaimed heavy. And oh, by the way, Orange Cassidy's here. But that's splitting hairs. Uh, the, the, the tag team match itself was really interesting, really fun. Uh, classic AEW, I thought. If you wanted, a, again, another example of what AEW wrestling is, check out this match. You're probably going to get all the boxes checked of what they do. The story didn't really lead to much. Uh, obviously, before the match, you got the rap of uh, Max Caster calling Jerry Jarrett a legend, but Jeff Jarrett is a, a poser, or a, you know, a nepotism, all the, the fun cues there. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, but storyline-wise... Not a lot happened. The guns come out. They just stand there. You get the acclaimed in Orange Cassidy, get the victory. So I don't know if it was really accomplished here. What do you think? Yeah, I think, yeah, we didn't accomplish much here. And even Jeffrey Sills mentioned this episode was mid and led us nowhere to revolution. And I think that'll be a theme that we'll discuss throughout this show where nothing really kind of advanced from anywhere that we already were. Right. Uh, and I think that happened here. Yeah. We got the guns coming out being like, ah, we stole your titles. What are you going to do about it? And I, and I think that's where we already were, but that's, you know, Hey, listen, if they got a stall fine, but it feels like they, they worked themselves into a way where they had to stall on almost every storyline this week as we'll get into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get right into the next thing. So the next one is, I believe they call this a Texas tornado match. I don't know exactly what the the Texas tornado tags is when, all people are are legal at the same time, right? And this there's was that, no, right? There's no tags in and out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had Roosh and Preston Vance taking on Claudio Castanoli and John Moxley. I thought this was fun. I will say, I am one of the proponents of blood. I think if you're going to tell me in a case of a death match or a tornado match, someone's going to bleed. That makes sense, right? You're there's no rules. I'm looking this way. Someone hits me with a, uh, you know, a chain in my head that would cut me open. You know, things like that. There's chairs that are legal. So, like in the watching this as a standalone, it makes sense that someone would bleed. And Preston Vance and John Moxley obviously did bleed. But taking a step back and looking at this as a more high level overview, I'm starting to see the hey John like. This was dynamite. It's you just every time. need to bleed on this it's, one. It's oddly enough, again, I, I've said this where I'm starting to be like, hey, listen, it's a, it's a little much. And it's hitting me now that I've been able to say that weeks in a row, right? It's mm-hmm. every week. I'm with you. Hey, listen, in fights, you get blood, right? Like mm-hmm. that, if you and I start fighting somewhere on the street, one of us probably going to bleed. One mm-hmm. of us. And it just, <laughs> yeah, it'd probably be me. Um, it just, it, it's so, that one is fine, right? I get like, okay, if you're going to have some blood. But this whole Crimson Mask, every every fight is like, okay, well, now every fight is just that. You're not, it didn't make me feel like this was a knockdown drag out where we really got 
Agreed. bloody, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it kind of made me feel if you go back to ECW in its prime where a wrestler goes through a table, it was like that happens every match. So it's not really that impactful by the fourth match that I saw balls Mahoney go through two tables because he got power bombed off the second rope or whatever it was. Right. So that's kind of how I'm feeling about John Moxley is in the moment when it's bigger time matches, right? If he takes on CM Punk or he takes on Kenny Omega or he at a pay-per-view against Brian Danielson. Okay. I like it. And I love it. And if again, I'm just showing this to someone who's never seen John Moxley, they might think that's awesome. And I would agree with them. Right. But when you get hit over the head multiple times that John Moxley blood, John Max Moxley blood, it was like, man, I don't know if we need to do that every time. Now, yeah. on the flip side, Preston Vance also did bleed. And I thought that was interesting because we don't see that very much from him, right? So that was actually pretty interesting that like with three of the topper top tier guys in AEW or ROH and AEW, Preston Vance was kind of the odd man out, but he was like, no, let's see it. Check me out. Bleeding, <laughs> you know? Yeah, albeit, I mean, I, hey, it's finally good to see something of Preston Vance. I just, I, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, hey, look, he wasn't getting anywhere in the Dark Order, but he also hasn't been getting anywhere out of it either. So at least we got mm -hmm. to see him in, like you said, a somewhat high-profile match here considering the rest of the folks in this match, so. Yeah. One thing that I'll say, and this is taking a step back, looking at this episode and one of the criticisms I have of AEW, again, you're, you can call me a homer, whatever it is. I love AEW. It's my favorite promotion. However, one of the themes that I've noticed even before brawl out, right? The all out pay-per-view a little bit before that, probably in the summer of last year into 2023, one of the criticisms I have is there's too much of the start and stop where it's three matches in a row of Lucha bros and the best friends. And then they have their blow off match. And then you might not see the best friends for six weeks. Right. And then the stories that they, it feels like they do invest in. And this is a criticism I have of going into revolution. The two main stories, if you look at it to me consistently is Jericho and Ricky Starks and MJF and Brian Danielson. And both of those stories honestly don't have a lot of meat on the bone. It's kind of hollow. Like I bet you when we get to the pay-per-view, it's going to be awesome matches, yeah. right? But the, the story in Jericho's example, or how long we have until the pay-per-view and MJF and Brian Danielson's uh, example just doesn't have enough to get us through each yeah. and every week so yeah yeah i agree with you on that so let's get back into it so uh claudio and um john moxley get the victory here uh, a lot of violence on display you know prime john moxley match for you in 2023 yeah uh throughout the match we do see that hangman adam page is watching on screen as a human he's not doing the wwe way and out of the blue, Kip Sabian and Butcher and the Blade jump them and they beat them up and they take them out because Kip Sabian has a match with Hangman Adam Page. Their heels make sense. Yes. Uh, then we go back after that quick segment uh, to Jim Ross and he does a sit down interview with uh, yeah. Wardlow. Yeah. And Before Tim, we get into we that, both, if I can say, yep. I, I don't hate this idea of Kip Sabian and the Butcher and the Blade as a group. Yeah. I like it. I well, mean, and and they have a natural connection 
Because one of the, you know, again, another criticism that we have of AEW is why would Andrade and Butcher and the Blade like each other besides yeah. financial reasons, right? But as W or as wrestling fans love to do, we like to know what they're really like behind the uh, screen and backstage, who really likes who. And in legitimately a real life friendship, Bunny and Penelope Ford are best friends. Mm. So it makes sense that the girls would have their guys hanging out, right? Yeah. It's a double date. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, hey, these are my guys. Well, that's yeah, my I don't guy. I hate it. I mean, like, it, it felt like it fit. Like, right away, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a good pairing right here. And we've seen Penelope Ford and the Bunny tag team together, you know, obviously taking on Anna yep. Jay and Ty Mello. So, yeah, I think it's a more natural fit for Butcher and the Blade, who still, they have the look, man. Especially now that Butcher shaved his head. Like, they're just too all badasses that have fucking a cool ass look and could look like legitimately kick your ass. And like, I kind of hate that they're jobbers. (laughs) I hate that they're jobbers. You know what I mean? I agree. I can't tell you the last time they won a match. So yeah. So butcher the blade, Kip Sabian, they jump hangman, Adam page. So what will happen next? Right. Uh, But as we continue, we go backstage, Jim Ross, as mentioned is interviewing Wardlow and Tim, we've both been, a little bit critical of the Wardlow push and story and direction post MJF. And I thought, honestly, this was a home run. So he talks about how his dad helped raise him, loved him. His dad, unfortunately passed away from cancer. Uh, Through that, he goes through chemo and has to shave his head because that's what happens when you go through those things. Right. And because of that reason, Wardlow said, essentially because his dad couldn't grow his hair out, he will grow it out for him in honor of him. Right. His dad passed away and he says, Joe knew that. And so for Joe to shave his head or cut his hair, essentially what is really did. Yeah. That that's crossing the line. And so I thought this was a pretty good way to get me back invested in the story. What did you think? Yeah, I I thought so too. I thought finally we're getting some sort of of reason to care about why Wardlow is doing something. And it, it honestly, I didn't consider this some sort of like plot hole or anything because uh, about the whole hair, because we just, we weren't ever told anything about it. It was more just felt like, Oh, he cut his hair off. Cause fuck you. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. That sucks, right? And now we get a, oh, no, here's the reason my hair was long to begin with. And yeah. you took that from me. So now it, it adds to Samoa Joe being a despicable human, which we've understood for a while, right? Mm-hmm. The character Samoa mm-hmm. Joe. Mm-hmm. And now we give a reason for Warlow to give a shit, right? Like, yeah. like why? he why? And it's something I think we could all relate to, right? Like, that story sounds like something you'd be like, yeah, I get that, right? Like, that sounds like me and my you know, uncle, whenever I said, you know, whatever, right? Like, I think everybody's got a connection that they can marry up to that and relate to. And I think this mm-hmm. will do good for this story. You can't come up with reasons that somebody insults his dad forever, right? <laughs> but I don't, True. it'll work for this story. True. And I think the other good detail about this is adding in that Samoa Joe knew the story of Wardlow's hair. Because as you mentioned, a heel cutting someone's hair I mean, that's just you know, what heels do, right? Yeah. But because Samoa Joe knew about the connection of his long hair and that connection to his father for Joe to then cut his hair makes it a little bit more stabby in the back, right? And so I'm a little bit more interested. I get, again, 
as I mentioned, the two really consistent stories are the two I have already mentioned. Hopefully now that this has kind of sparked a new angle of Wardlow and Joe, we can get this for a couple of weeks going into the pay-per-view. And this is more of a marquee match. That's yeah. the hope at least. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. So then we get back into the ring and we get Josh Woods taking on just the coolest fucking guy in the world. Mark Briscoe. Mark Briscoe is so God dang entertaining. His redneck kung fu, his fucking abilities to jump and do all the kicks and flips that the young bucks can do, but do it in a more believable, sorry, uh, manner of which how he does it. I just thought this again kind of felt like a rampage match where it didn't lead to really anything. But Mark Briscoe I agree. is the shit. I agree. Mark Briscoe is the shit. He's very fun to get behind, as was you know him and his brother as a team. Uh, he's just a guy that you want to kind of like, you know, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and maybe yeah. you can't even really explain why, but you're just like, I like this guy. Um, I like that. Josh Woods, I will say this. Uh, anytime a wrestler in short trunks wrestles without knee pads, it looks like they're only wearing underwear, right? I don't know yeah. what the knee pads mm-hmm. does no, yeah, yeah. to make it's it not good, look like underwear. <laughs> yeah. It's a good eye separate, <laughs> right? right? It's yeah. eye candy. It's like, oh, okay, this isn't just mm-hmm. what I see in someone's bedroom. It's like, okay. Yeah, you got this and you got elbow yeah. pads and you got wrist tape, you know? Yeah. You add more, uh, eye candy and it doesn't look as yeah. weird. Yeah. It looks weird. Uh, Jeffrey Sills says this was a great match and the froggy bow was dope as fuck. Um, I, yeah, I just, I, I, I'd like the idea of Mark Briscoe now getting, you know, being a, a guy we'll see on AEW or if ROH yeah. continues, but I just, at some point, my worry is with everything in the AEW mid card is man, they got a lot of folks. And a little bit of time, I don't know and, where we fit them in. And again, it's that start and stop, right? It's the, here you go, here you go. Nope, now you're gone. Well, yeah, here like you we go, saw Josh nope. Woods every week for a couple of weeks, months ago. Yeah. And now here he is again, right? Like it, I, that's that, that feels like that's what's awaiting almost every mid-carder in mm-hmm. AEW. Uh, it was announced on social media. I saw it on Twitter. It was probably also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, the, that they announced that Mark Briscoe is now all elite. So I think maybe, even though he is carrying the ROH Tag Team Championship, I wouldn't be shocked if we see a transition out of ROH and into AEW for Mark Briscoe. Also, it was announced, uh, and I forget the date because I didn't write it down, but I believe the second week of March... We don't fact check, but that seems right. Uh, they're going to start weekly programming on their honor club. So now you're going to start to get, if you choose to pay, weekly programming from ROH. What do you think about that? Uh, interesting. I don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm yet to be amazed yet on what we'll be getting with ROH programming. But I mean, you know, I will say I would argue, and I think we did this. Uh, after the last ROH pay-per-view and unfortunately Jay Briscoe did pass away. So their tag team division is a little bit uh, disjointed right now. But if you look at the list of champions from ROH and you look at the list of champions from AEW, you might lean ROH's way. Cause you have champion Claudio, which, you know, you're always going to get a good match and not a great story. You got Samoa Joe, the king of television. At the time, you had the Briscoes as your tag team champion. And then Athena, who is a heel beating up referees, was your women's champion. And you counteract that with the guns, MJF, who's all-time awesome, Samoa Joe, who eventually will lose that title, 
And then uh, Jamie Hayter, oh, that kind of, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think, I think the interesting thing, I think honestly, as we get back into the uh, rundown of this, I think this is the most interesting time for AEW, the company, the parent company, Tony Khan, because we've talked about it last week. They're going to start going on the road. They already have their dark and elevation dynamite and rampage and now weekly television for ROH. My hope and the thing that they could do here is they could really say, Hey, we're going to flush out all of those dark matches where it's powerhouse Hobbs versus Dan, the dad, that shit's going to be on the, on the road, right? You're going to go to a house show. You're going to see that that's we're doing that, but we're going to start telling stories on dark elevation ring of honor television better stories with more consistency on dynamite and rampage they have that opportunity now with adding all of this to it yeah i i I wouldn't hate that i i think i don't really anymore ever really watch dark elevation hardly ever unless you've told me to check something out right and rampage is hit or miss right and i never really watch it live at this Mm -hmm. point and it's for reasons kind of like what we're saying is there's just not a whole lot of story line driven stuff I agree. I agree. And I do think recently, 2023 recently, I do feel that Rampage is putting a little bit more emphasis on, hey, here's a story that you can leave home with. There is a new wrinkle in the Orange Cassidy story or whatever it is. Uh, But yeah, I still think, and as I mentioned for my Santa Claus wish list, you got to make Rampage two hours. It's just too quick. You can't do enough. Like there's one story you can tell. Yeah good in one hour so hour and a half would be better than one yeah exactly uh also program note in the one true time zone six o'clock central uh rampage will be airing before the nba all-star festivities goes down so mark that down in your calendars yeah i wonder if uh super bowl mvp patrick mahomes will be in attendance to that Well, they're coming to Kansas City, and I can tell you one thing. At the last AEW show that we went to, which was the last AEW show in Kansas City, the starting offensive line for your Super Bowl champion, (laughs) Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they were in attendance. They were front row. And uh, fun fact, if you didn't know this, the Philadelphia Eagles set a regular season record of 70 sacks in the season that's crazy how many did they get in the super bowl fucking zero None. <laughs> put it on a shirt they got fucking zero creed humphrey trey smith orlando brown uh, joe tooney and andrew wiley shut them motherfuckers down just shut them down gave him nothing not even the zero bitches. sacks like he was never really pressured a whole lot either like he had all kinds of time and when he does get pressured he just runs for like 35 yards in a game whatever. first down <laughs> yeah whatever yeah so yeah i i bet you at a, at the next AEW show in march when they come back to town you are gonna see your super bowl champion offensive lineman sitting front row for the AEW dynamite and rampage show all right let's get back into uh the episode here Uh, We go backstage, we get a sit-down interview with Adam Cole. And this, Tim, look, I try to stay as positive as I can because I got enough hate in my heart for WWE, so I don't want to have that spew over here. But this made no fucking sense why we did it. They said fucking nothing, man. What do you think? I I, I agree with you. I don't think they said anything. 
They didn't, who you, who you going to wrestle? I don't want to tell you that. How you feeling? I feel great. Well, fucking cool. Yeah. Put that on dark. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that was just it. It's like, I, I, I need it now. Right. Like we, I, why did we have the return if we didn't get the in-ring return shortly thereafter? Right. Like I get with punk, we drove it out a little bit. Right. But mm-hmm. I, we did this return, but now you're telling me you weren't even maybe physically ready to actually return. It's not like you're returning. We haven't seen you wrestling because we're just billing it for a bigger event. It's that like, you're still having eye twitch problems. Like then we, then why did we do this? Uh, I'm back thing. Well, he said he, he feels good. Cause now he doesn't have that anymore. Okay. All right. Here's my conspiracy or not a conspiracy. Cause those are stupid, but like, here's what I think we're going to do. I think we're swerving the audience. I think Adam Cole is doing the, Hey guys, it's so great. Everything's yeah. awesome. Hey, I'm back. I'm Adam Cole, baby. Look at me. I'm right here. Look at the cool jacket. I'm Adam Cole. And then he gets in the ring and he goes, Hey, guess what? I'm super kicking all your favorites. Fuck all this roster. Wop, wop, wop. No one called me when I was at the hospital. Wop. No one checked on me. Wop. Only Britt Baker was there for me in my corner. Wop. You're getting it too. And I think we're going to get scorched earth Adam Cole after he does the hey guys because look the best Adam Cole is the star QB in high school Adam Cole and that's what I think we're gonna get I agree this whole you know every man's hero Adam Cole then I can't I don't think it works very far I think the most interesting thing he could do if they choose to do it that way is if you continue to do these no nothing interviews that will eventually turn the audience like how it kind of turned me a little bit of like, dude, do something. And then he could use that and like, Oh, you want me to do something? Check out hangman Adam page. He just got super kicked. Oh, check out John Moxley. He just got super kicked. I'm fucking up everyone here. Cause you guys don't appreciate me. And then it's like, Oh shit. Take a step back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Adam. Okay. Right. Okay. I think if he comes back saying, Hey everyone, give me a hug. And we're like, how about a high five? And he's like, Oh, you don't like me. Well then I don't like you. And then he fucks everyone up. That would be cool. I don't know. Wouldn't hate Again, it. Give me the pencil. I'll tell you Wouldn't what. Hate you can it. Do it better. Wouldn't hate it at all. Nope. All right. Then we come back and here's MJF for a chat. And if you're an international listener or viewer, excuse me, of AEW, and you watch this on Fight TV, it was way cooler than what you saw in America because during the commercial break in Texas, MJF just talked shit on the abortion rights in the state how they're all fucking dumb and he doesn't give a shit or a fuck as he said about what they're doing and what they're booing. And then we come to on air in America and he's cutting down any and everything that walks mainly focusing in on Brian Danielson. And he says, Brian, you know, they used to love me. I get it. They love you now, but they used to love me. You're nothing. You're a fucking chump and I'll prove it. And he gets old crazy eye uh, Christopher Danielson to walk down. And have you checked out his fucking eye? What, like, have you seen it? It's all black. It's, there's no white behind oh, really? his eye. Yeah. It's the only thing I could look at. I didn't even hear what the fuck he said. Because I was like, what is that eye? Uh, yeah, I don't think like, I saw that. Yeah, no, I don't. Remember in Austin Powers when... Uh, I think it was Austin Powers three when someone had the mole and they're like, mole, 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 you know, that's how it was with his eye. I was just like, 
he could have told me the winning Powerball numbers and I wouldn't have fucking heard it because I was just looking at his eye because I was like, fuck is that thing? But yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I like what they do here, right? He comes out and he's like, hey, listen, he paid me an obscene amount of money, but, like, fuck you. And, and MJF's immediately like, you son of a bitch, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and he tells him, you know, proceeds to tell him, like, why Brian Daniels is going to beat him because he knew, you know, back in, in, from early on and you ain't got what it takes. And then we get into a fight there. I mean, and that's easy stuff. I think we've seen that a mm-hmm. bunch of times, right? But, again, I think this is what I felt kind of as we mentioned earlier, like, all right. Yeah, as far as an MJ, MJF cutting a promo as a heel is better than most everything you're going to roll out that evening. However, of course, when this doesn't really advance the storyline and he gives 10 times better, you know, every other week, then this just kind of fell flat for me. Yeah, I think this is a victim of their excellence where you put this promo and even Danielson on WWE programming. And this is what every fucking podcast about pro wrestling is leading with. Holy shit. Did you see MJF and what he said? You do it on AEW where your bar is set at such a high level and it doesn't really meet that. So Jeffrey Sills fact checking for us. And he says, uh, Fred Savage had the mole, which is, is but it was Austin powers, right? But it was was in the Austin powers Powers movie. It was Fred Savage. Who was, you know, the older brother of Corey. Yeah. Which is the most important role in life. Yeah. yeah, he played Corey's older brother. Well, he also had a cool show too, The Wonder Years. Yeah, yeah, that was but a badass you show. Know, it's still cooler to be the guy, the brother of the guy who played Corey. Mm-hmm. You know, he was in Boy Meets World. Yeah, yeah, he was in there for uh, what did he play? I forget. He I was the professor that tried to yes. uh, touch the touch right. the leg of Topanga. That's right. That was a fun episode. Great I was show. like, "What Such the fuck are we doing?" The college years are fucking good. Don't sleep oh, on man, yeah. school, the college years. Oh, yeah. Years. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so that happened. And then we go backstage and the guns, the ass boys, are bragging about how they're tag team champions and they never had to work the indies for $10 and a handshake. So right. suck our assholes. Right? Cool. Whatever. Which is an easy promo for anybody who, you know what I mean, didn't have to do that to make. Right? I mean, we've heard it before. It's an easy promo to make. It's good heel stuff. So I was fine with it. Again, it just felt like, you know, stalling. Well, and here's the thing that I thought. And I, again, admittedly, I do not know the careers of Max Caster and Anthony Bowens before they got to AEW. But to me, in my mind, they are not indie darlings like Brian Danielson and Christopher Danielson and Claudia were, right? So when you tell them, well, we didn't have to work the indies. I don't know if the fucking acclaim did either. Right. <laughs> I don't know. So it didn't really hit home because I assume they worked some indies, but they weren't the indie sensation that you had to check out on Twitter. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So then let's get into the ring. We get Brian cage taking on jungle boy. And it happened. Yeah. And this is kind of what we were talking about where it's the, kind of the revolving door of the mid card here or it's start and stop. Brian Cage's turn to come in and lose to a couple folks, right? And that's what we get for a couple of weeks. And I think I, I get it. Brian Cage is a good way to get one of your smaller stars to look yeah. like they're operating and gets a bigger guy, but still not look so small and you know what I mean? Get one over. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I get the reason you do it. It just, it felt like we just did this with Darby, right? Yeah, I agree. Brian or in a, 
Takeshita, right? Brian Cage lost to him too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're doing the big monster loses to the underdog. And that's what happened here. Now, the interesting thing is the post-match. So Jungle Boy gets the victory. Jack Perry, as they're calling him more often than Jungle Boy, if you catch that. Uh, It is always, Jack Perry is always involved. If it's not just Jack Perry, it is Jungle Boy Jack Perry now. I agree. Yeah, I'm definitely catching up on that. So uh, Jack Perry gets a victory here. And he gestures that he wants a championship. Give him a championship. Okay. And... Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, and who the fuck turns up after he says I want a singles championship his nemesis and former mentor Christian Cage comes back and he fucking maces Jack Perry right in the eyeballs look at this <laughs> gets him right in the eyeballs takes off his sling the arm is okay and then hits him with his finisher what do you think of this post-match angle? I love Christian Cage, so I, I'm excited that he's back. Uh, as soon as I saw the arm sling, I was like, well, that's <laughs> right. That's coming into play here. The I think the spray threw me for a loop real quick, right? Uh, but that's good heel stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm, how's, mm-hmm. how's Christian Cage going to get one over on the guy who can actually fight, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so this will be fun, except... Man, this is a rewind, but we never really got, I think, the full right, payoff right. from this. So uh, it shouldn't be terrible, I don't think. Yeah, if you peek behind the curtain at All Out, Christian Cage had a shoulder, elbow, whatever that injury was. He had that injury going into the pay-per-view. So Luchasaurus turning on Jungle Boy and the match being four seconds kind of was out of necessity and it was a good heel turn, right? It was fine. It, you had to get the payoff of Luchasaurus being a heel fast forward. I think you still want that payoff. If you're both guys saying like, we never actually got that real match where we could knock down drag out fight. Right. But this goes again to my comments from earlier. I remember a time when Luchasaurus was power bombing and choke slamming every fucking little guy he could get his hands on. Then he loses at the pay-per-view in an awesome cage match. Awesome. It was fucking rad. Kicked off the pay-per-view. Jack Perry gets the victory. I haven't seen Luchasaurus fucking since. Mm, but will we? And Well, and here's, the, here's where I thought you could have had that opportunity, where instead of you use the mace, Christian Cage walks out and is like, ha ha, I'm back, motherfucker. And then Luchasaurus goes, and me too, and fucking grabs him and goozles him and, you know, choke yeah. slam him. And then we get some fucking shit. But like, where's Luchasaurus? Where's my favorite dinosaur? Where is Luchasaurus? He's hanging out with Miro. But we get fucking Jeff Jarrett, no offense, but we get fucking Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Again, Jay Lethal was great when we met him. Awesome guy. As I'm checking out the history of Ring of Honor, spectacular matches go to the fucking back i'd rather see luchasaurus and miro you know what i mean so yeah uh what are we getting here okay um yeah my worry with this before before you jump into that is just that right like as i said we didn't get the full payoff so that shouldn't be terrible but we're still going to be left in the same spot when they're done of where do we go from here, right? So unless we think Christian's going to be able to make Jungle Boy just look that great, right, in this feud that we can finally now angle him somewhere, whereas right now he's just spinning his wheels, 
then what is it? And it looks like Tom has the pencil, and he's ready to tell me where we go from here. This is what we do. I think the best way for all parties to advance in storyline but still get the payoff is... You slow burn this because, again, AEW can start and stop anything and we just have to kind of accept it. You get two weeks of Brian Cage or excuse me, Christian Cage saying, fuck you, Jack Perry. You're still nothing. Fuck your mom. You do the pay-per-view. Right. Fuck your mom. That's why I was gone for so long. Yeah. Because she's she's good and bad. Making more Jungle jungle Boys. Yeah, exactly. Um you do the pay-per-view. You don't have the match there, right? You don't do the match. You just have the pay-per-view. Yeah, Jungle Boy wants Christian the match there, but Christian Cage won't let him do it. Like, nah, yeah, when I that. say. And Christian Cage also says, hey, you know what? You're not the only person who's wanting singles championships around here. I want a singles championship. I used to be the Impact World Heavyweight Champion. I beat Kenny Omega on the first episode of Rampage. I deserve some shit around here. Well, at the pay-per-view, not to get ahead of myself, but I think Wardlow is going to beat Samoa Joe for the TNT championship. He's going to need something to do. So I think you roll up the Christian Cage Jungle Boy story with a title shot and Wardlow and you do a triple threat at one of your fun named AEW Dynamite episodes, whatever that's called. I don't know what they're called, but like AEW, the sun's out till six or whatever the fuck they call them. <laughs> I, I think that actually, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> Whatever. Six. Uh, um, Jeffrey Sills yeah. in the chat says Luchasaurus is being sued for his mask design, and that's why you haven't seen him. And I do recall seeing something about that. Fuck you, who's ever suing him? You small Remember dick when, bitchheads. When Randy Orton's tattoo artist sued WWE over their use of his imagery in the video games. <laughs> Get over yourselves. I'm so fucking tired of these artists. Here's a side quest here. I'm so fucking tired of these artists crying in their fucking beer. Look, it's fucking hard out there for everyone. And if we want to use AI generated images and that hurts an artist's fucking profits, tough shit. Go get a fucking software job like the rest of us. Like, I'm not, if I want to fucking yeah, yeah. make my face and hey, some listen, AI yeah. bullshit. If we yeah, all want to sit around it. and talk about the problems of a profit-driven society, I'll, I'll talk with you for hours about yeah. that. But current moment, uh, I needs the fucking profit so I can eat tonight, you know? Well, and, but like, I'm also going to just take part in something that's free. If you were going to tell me my AI phase can be generated to look like I'm dunking a basketball or whatever the fuck it is, I'm going to do it because it's fun. Fuck you. I don't care. Like. I'm sorry, artists. I get it. And I empathize with you. And I go to the Nelson Atkins and look at all the art stuff. But like, get over yourself. Hey, my job is is at any point able to be lost to automation as well. I got to keep coming up with ways to stay ahead of that curve. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. keeps, if I've had to do it, like, that's why I'm where yeah. I'm at now. Yeah. yeah. So, like, this whole idea that you, you're going to sue because he's wearing a mask that you created, shut the fuck up. You look petty. You're a bitch. Now no one's going to work with you. And what? Because you got an extra $10. Well, they gave you a $1,000 out of the settlement, and now no one fucking well, works with you. And what I hate about go. the idea that lawsuits like this can actually go forward is that I, I would have assumed a judge is there to also be like, well, hey, listen, ain't no way in hell that anybody in this room thinks that Luchasaurus's popularity was due to the way his fucking mask looked versus any other dinosaur mask we would have strapped to his face. 
Mm-hmm. That wasn't it, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't like it was because it was this. You saw Flo Rida tried to mm-hmm. say it successfully won saying like, no, it's because I put my music on this drink company that they became famous, which I, it, it probably has more leg to stand on than this fucking thing. None of us love Luchasaurus because that mask was so cool, right? He right. could have had any. He could have had the fucking mask of the fucking dad dinosaur from Sinclair family on the TV show, right? And we would have been like, mm-hmm. I love this fucking guy. Yeah, yeah, and and again, I just think it, you're shooting yourself in the foot because now the next the next masked wrestler who needs a mask isn't going to go to you because he's afraid or she's afraid that you're going to fucking sue him. Yeah, so like, what is it them. for? Yeah, so what are you doing this for, you fucking idiot? Side quest over. <laughs> Let's get back. Uh, Renee Paquette announces that- worked that... with CM Punk diss in there? Just wanted... Yeah, I love it. Oh, yeah, Anytime right. you can work yeah. that in, I love it. Uh, Renee <laughs> Paquette announces that the Ass Boys will defend their tag team titles at Revolution in a triple threat match. Pause. Because then the Acclaim come in and go, no, 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 no. We want our rematch clause and we're putting ourselves- in that match so now it's a four-way so a convoluted way to get some fun i know it's going to be fun but we're doing yeah a tag team something match and then we're doing a casino tag team something match and the winners of those two matches then take on the ass boys and the acclaim no what do you think uh weird way to get there but i think this is all a way to stall further i think this is a way where the acclaimed don't win the titles back just yet, but also didn't lose the match and thereby can still be like, nah, ass boys, you still owe us a one-on-one because mm-hmm. fill in the blank tag team gave us the Kansas City cunt punt and, you know. Well, hopefully, again, having the the pencil pen in my hand, the hope is that team, fill in the blank, gives them the KCCP and now the acclaimed are focused on that team. The guns have the tag titles. Yeah. They can go their way. And now the acclaimed can say, we're the people's champs and we're going after this team. And then that gives enough time for FTR to come back, get the fucking titles off the ass boys. And then after the acclaimed are done with their team, then they can go like, guess what FTR we're running the shit back because we beat you last time. Jeffrey Sills in the chat says, how dare they do this to the guns, the greatest tag team in the world. And I, I'm sorry. I thought you told us we were the greatest tag team in the world. <gasps> I'm I feel hurt. Now, Tim, Tim, <laughs> I I love me some me and I love us some us. Yeah. But if we're being serious, <laughs> the best tag team in the world. Uh. Zandy Reed and Travis Kelsey. Mm. Look at these two. Oh, huh? Look at that. Great tag team. That. Of the Champions Super again. Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs. Boop, boop. There Look you at go. Reed. Look, not... I put him back up. Look at him right there. Look how happy he is getting dumped with the by the way, did you bet on the color of the Gatorade? Did you know you can do that? Oh so if you would have bet you purple. Hear... Yeah, do you want to hear a degenerate fucking gambling term that I learned at the Super Bowl? Side quest. Do you hmm. know what an octopus is? Well, I mean, not in betting terms, I guess. Well, here it is. You can bet the octopus. It was 15 to 1 odds. 14 to 1 odds, excuse me. 14 to 1 odds that the octopus would happen by any player. You say, what's the octopus? 
Here's what the octopus is. Any player scores a touchdown and then converts on the next play a two-point conversion. Then scoring eight points, eight legs is on an octopus. It's called the octopus, which actually fucking hit, which hit at yeah. the Super Bowl because Jalen Hurts ran in a touchdown and then ran in a two-point conversion and then lost the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Yeah, right after he did that, he lost the <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl pretty soon right after that. <laughs> yep, right after that. Boop, boop. So, yeah, there you go. Next time you're watching a football game and you think that running quarterback can score a rushing touchdown and then rush a two-point conversion, you bet that fucking octopus and you'll hit it big because those are big-time odds. Tell you that much. There you go. It. There's some I fun betting it. odds for you. All right. Uh, let's see where we're at. Oh, we go backstage and the elite have some basketballs and they're talking about, Hey, the NBA all-star game is this weekend. Da, 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 da. What's your favorite thing? Is it three point is a slam dunk. And before they really even get into their answers, AR Fox and top flight come in and AR Fox essentially says, Kenny, I almost beat you. And then top flight says, Hey, young bucks, we actually beat you middle finger to all three of you. And throughout this entire promo, they're just going back and forth. And then we get a quick glimpse. If you caught this little Bray Wyatt action for your ass and we get a little blurb. And if you stopped and paused it, it was the house of black. Mm. So Friday, we're going to get the rematch of AR Fox and top flight taking on the elite. But we got teased that the house of black are looking at the elite. What do you think about this? Uh, interesting there. I kind of now want to see a three-on-three game between Top Flight and AR Fox against the Elite. I want to see an actual. Oh, I'm let's, taking let's AR Fox up. and the Elite. Yeah, yeah, or, but let's set it up. AR do, Fox and Top Flight. Yeah, let's I'm do a best of three, a three-on-three yeah. three here. Let's do this. We run a full yeah, court. Yeah. They got to run full court. Yeah, yeah. Top Flight, the jumps. Yeah, if you look at all the jumps they do in a match. They got the hops yeah. to jump over. Oh, all but the what I bucks. want is actual pickup game, right? So no ref, because then the elite they're gonna get in some jersey grabs. They're gonna get in some, you know, stepping on a foot here and there, right? Some, some super kicks, some illegal screens. Yeah, get a little super oh. kick as a screen. <laughs> oh my god, how many times are those fucking dorks gonna slap their thigh when they shoot a ball? <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that now. Every time, every time. I'm playing against like my son when like when I go down and I go to set up a post move, I'm gonna slap the thigh every time I like yep. put a shoulder into him. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have everybody in the roll. gym looking being like, What the fuck's going on over here? Yeah. Just do a finger roll. Just, and slap just in thigh. time for them to see me hitting a fucking hook shot yeah. over his tall ass. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. So here's my question though. Hmm. It was teased that the House of Black are coming after the elite. This again is where I, I ask the powers that be at AEW, what the fuck then does this mean for Eddie Kingston and Ortiz? Yeah. Cause yeah, I would rather see them. Well, but like if the house of black just say, and they did, Hey Eddie, we didn't want you. We're moving on. What does Eddie Kingston and Ortiz do then? Just go like, maybe oh, they can man, fuck this up weird. and cost the, maybe this is all just to further that storyline. Maybe so. As the black starts tinking around, and as they do, Eddie Kingston and Ortiz come out and be like, "Nah, yeah, you think Mate, you're that would you, be know, cool. you think you're scoping these dudes out? We've been scoping you. Up. We know how to stake out, motherfucker, too. <laughs> you know, we've been doing this from back in the day. 
Well, and you know, we talk about Miro and Luchasaurus and stuff like that. One of the biggest indictments of AEW in the last month is that you have one of the top two best pro wrestlers in the world, and he isn't number two, Eddie Kingston, on your fucking roster. And the only thing he's doing is cutting a 45-second promo. Yeah, don't get shit from him. Did you guys forget all the cool shit he was doing when he was carrying Jericho's ass? We said MJF versus Eddie Kingston, if done right, could be the modern-day Flair versus Dusty Rhodes. You could have everybody loving Eddie Kingston as the everyday, you know what I mean, like guy just trying to get by versus MJF with the money and the I'm better than you. And you could have just, you could have leaned into this so hard. Now, again, I said for my predictions for 2023, in the summer, that is what's going to happen. So obviously we're not at the summer, so I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Oh, yeah, it's However, snowing out here. But we need to we need some momentum for old Eddie Kingston to have that viability so that it's not just, hey, I'm Eddie and I'm gonna take on MGF. Like we need some wins and we need some shit to make sense. So whatever you're doing with the house of black and Ortiz and him, fucking make some sense and give it some TV time. So we'll see what happens. All right, we get into in-ring action. And it's Hangman, Adam Page, and he's taking on Kip Sabian. And Hangman's looking all beat up because he just got beat up. And he goes into the ring, and they're fighting each other. Boom, 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 boom. And Hangman gets the victory. What did you think of the match? The match was fine, right? Again, I, I earlier in the show, we got the Kip Sabian and the and the Bunny or Butcher and Blade beat down, and it kind of mm-hmm. rekindled my thought. I was like, hey, this could work, right? And so, I mean, the match was fine. I was kind of invested in to Kip Sabian where I otherwise might not have been. And I thought they delivered well in the match here. And, again, it just felt, in hindsight, this was set up to be so we could have a post-match situation with Hangman. Like, uh, it was more stalling in the long run. Well, and and here's the other thing that's not a great uh, feather in your cap if you're Kip Sabian. Uh, he didn't beat you with the buckshot lariat. He just beat you with that, mm-hmm. whatever the calls it, dead eye. He beats you with the dead eye. Dead and it's eye. like, hey, the dead eye looks like it hurts, but you should at least take the finisher if you're going to lose. And he didn't. So, so you're saying that should be Christopher Daniels' move now, the dead eye. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. The fucking whatever's going on with that thing. God, Jesus. It's so weird. I don't know what happened, but it's fucking fix it. You got the money. You're the fucking talent agent backstage. Get Tony Khan to fix that yeah, shit. Don't we got you. a doctor back there? Can't he? Yeah. God damn. So yeah, as you mentioned, post-match Blackpool combat club, they come out and this was weird. This is when, in my opinion, I love when you say there's no script, just go out there and make sense. Cool. Sometimes you get this where, hangman says hey moxley let's do a last man standing moxley says man you're dumb you ain't got no friends so then the dark order comes out fucking sidesteps hangman who's like don't talk for me he's like shut the fuck up eve luno then gets in his face and i was like he's got friends it's us and then we get a texas death match yeah, revolution I, I hate what happened here for when looking back at what happened here, right? Because that would have been a great moment if it was about the Blackpool Combat Club was outnumbering Hangman. 
which isn't the story we've been told. We've been told the story is these two dudes have a blood feud and they're so evenly matched that they're barely getting the better of each other or they're getting the lucky knockout blow. And so he needs to say, we need to do this to where nobody stands back up, which is all he's been saying. But yet, Hangman makes one offhand comment about not having friends and in the exact moment he makes it, out come some friends that, you know what I mean? Like that... That's not the story we've been telling. If that had been several weeks, Blackpool Combat Club kept showing up and giving him the, you know, how's your father every time he tried to get near Moxley, then you bring out the Dark Order, right? Then you bring out this whole, I told you to stay in the back and let me handle my business, right? Well, um, that kind and- of thing. Because, because we wasted the big dick energy that Evil Uno came a swinging out with. That motherfucker had the most balls I've ever seen him with. And I was like, yeah. fuck yeah, Evil Uno, to just now nothing. To just be like, oh, sorry, you're also not in a match now. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. If you're going to do that segment, do the legwork before it where, and it doesn't even have to be that Blackpool Combat Club is beating up Hangman. It could have just been John Moxley takes a big body slam or the dead eye and rolls out and Claudio is there with water. And it's like, man, that's fucking cool. Wouldn't that be great if Hangman had something like that? And then Hangman tells like we see hangman then tells the dark order like fucking stay back like they go hey it looked like john moxley getting some water mid-match really helped him out yeah like he's got friends let us be your friends and hangman's like no then you get to this segment and now like you said evil uno looking like the coolest guy in the room fucking explodes off the screen for this shit oh yeah and now we're gonna get next week john moxley versus Evil Uno, which will probably be John Moxley tries to rip the fucking mask off of Evil Uno just to show how psycho he is. But my biggest criticism, honestly, is a Texas death match is cool. I like it. Of course. It's basically a no holds barred match, right? I would have preferred Hangman's idea of a last man standing match. Because that's been his thing, is right? Like, yeah. Because you could win the Texas Death Match with a roll up, like right. it could end the same way. It could so end like the same way, yes. Yeah. So the the logic doesn't make sense. And when you say the coolest thing, and then go, "No, nah, well, we're going to give you something less." It's like, but I wanted the coolest yeah. thing. I wanted the last well, thing. Honestly, that's not even. We already blew our load with this elsewhere, and with with the uh, I think the tag teams did this. Who did this? The the real story here is because the problem with even the last man standing is, yeah, you're supposed to knock somebody out, right? As you said, to where mm-hmm. they can't answer a 10 count. But mm-hmm. we've already knocked each other out. Now we need a differentiator. This should have been a best of seven. or so, a, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, But we already did that, right? Like This should have been something to say, okay, well, I can knock you out. You can knock me out. Well, what else can you do, right? Or or we do a submissions match, right? Like a something to show that I'm also a better wrestler, right? Like yeah. it just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, this this thing with the Evil Uno stuff really threw it off for as good as it was. That's what made me mad. I was like, man, we saw a great performance from a lot of these folks here in that. Not just Evil Uno, mm-hmm. but the way Hangman played it against him, the way Mox and the Blackpool Combat Club were like, you nerds. But then Evil yeah. Uno's mushing him in the face. He's like, no, I'm not fucking scared of you. You know what I mean? Puffing his chest out. I loved all of it. But then just to... I don't know. And maybe we'll get more. Maybe we'll get more next Wednesday, well, but it felt like we were stalling here. Well, and you know what it felt like to me, honestly, is that they had a really cool idea this week yeah. and did not do all the bullshit before it, right? Like they were doing all this stuff and then they go like, oh, wait a minute. 
Like, what if we idea. did this? Look, and you brought like, a suit today. So. Yeah. And everyone's like, dude, that's so fucking cool. And then they don't think of the context of the situation. They do a cool segment, but it falls flat because we don't have any runway to get to that moment. So anyhow, we'll see what happens next week. John Moxley, evil Uno. I expect John Moxley to damn near rip the fat off of evil Uno's stomach and put it in his fucking mouth. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we go backstage, Jericho Appreciation Society. I don't care. Uh, Daniel Garcia is going to take him on at Rampage. Ricky Starks, that is. He's going to take on Ricky Starks. I literally do not give a fuck about this. It was line. so bad. I mean, they, and they even, they even like hit the mark of, of Hager talking about he loves the hat still. I told you, like, we just. Well, and here's the thing that's an indictment of that fucking line is that's not funny. It's not. <laughs> right. It's not. But, and it was made the whole social media rounds, Jericho b- broke character. He started to laugh and had to hold it in. Go back and watch it. He goes, he still thinks that's funny. Right. I know. This is what I told you. It screams Jericho, where it's, it's I'm going to hit this joke until everybody in the room boos it, not just stops laughing at it. It. I just, it's not. Uh, Okay, so then Stokely Hathaway uh, shows up, and he's furious about Hook. And he said, he he injured me. Look at my fucking, my arm. Yeah. It's, it's broke. And he talked to Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson about That's this shit. so really weird, right? Like, I, I, know, I know, like, we could have played the route of, like, hey, I got my lawyers, right, and, and got to the same conclusion. But he threw in all of the traditional like black leaders right like it was al sharpton it was jesse jackson i forget who else he named well and then quick side note quick side quest and we'll get back to this i don't know if you paid attention uh to rampage i know sometimes you you watch it later but uh dustin rhodes uh gold dust whatever you want to call him Mm -hmm. he gets beat up by um swerve and the two white faceless fucks right yeah and at the very end Swerve stands over him and goes, Happy Black History Month. Yeah. And just walks away. Yeah, that was I saw that. that was so weird. What the fuck is that? Well, well, especially because the two white dudes beat him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird I thought I definitely thought that was weird. I was like, I mean, hey, if he's gonna use that line every February, every time he beats somebody I up, I'm there for it. That's fine. Yeah. And then going back to this, that's why I like when Stokely Hathaway yeah. was like, Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson helped me with this. Like, fuck yeah, why not? It's wrestling. Make it yeah. fun, right? Um, but yeah, so then uh Matt Hardy thinks uh this could lead to a big match, all this. Uh, and then they get word that Hook has been suspended. Uh yeah, that was weird. Even Taz sold it though, and I like how Taz was like, you yeah. know, what? I'm not gonna say shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, I'm just I don't do want to get job. suspended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Tim, it's not before the main event because it's actually the main event. Mm-hmm. But now it's time, time for the, the women. women, and we get a triple threat match that led to fucking nothing. If you're gonna put this in the main event, we're gonna just skip to the end and we can cover the stuff and go back a little bit. But if you're gonna put this in the main event, and your last image is Ruby Soho going, well, I don't know, and then you go off air, that could have been the first fucking segment of yeah, the Yeah, because here's the thing: is like I, we again, okay, we're discussing this under the 
thought process that this is going to be a AEW Originals versus WWE ladies, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. therefore, we think Ruby's going to side with those WWE ladies, mm-hmm. and we're going to get Britt Baker as the Hulk Hogan, as you floated and turned. Oh, yeah. Happened. Yep. Uh, because, again, she was in the WWE universe at one point, right? So she could make that claim. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. the thing here is where you advance the storyline is one of these sides is clearly under the impression that she was there to help. Right, like that she was taking that side, right? And I don't think we got that portion of it, right? Like we didn't get anything in the match where it was like, Hey, why were you why were you helping her but not me earlier? Yeah. Right. No, it was all just like, Hey, yeah, yeah, come on, help us out. And it's like eventually you both can't do that. It looks stupid. And again, this match was fine. Uh who won? I think Ruby Soho won. Yeah, Ruby won. Ruby Soho won. Yeah, because she came in at the end. They did they worked like a heel thing on on each other. And then, and then Ruby came in, I can't, and like throughout, that's what happened is Britt Baker came in or hater or whoever, right? Whoever was the other mm-hmm. one, they hit somebody and then Ruby Soho came in at the last minute, threw her out into the other one, thereby knocking mm-hmm. them both out and stealing the, the yeah. pin. And the then end, she right? says she wants the title match against hater. Fine. Um, but, but no decision was made. It was just to be continued and sometimes you can do cliffhangers at the end of wrestling shows and it's fucking badass yeah but usually the, you do a cliffhanger because something happened and you're like what does this mean and you right. cliffhang on that you don't cliffhang on oh same thing guys wait yeah. till next week that feels like remember when american idol made this famous where he was like all right the person being voted off will be announced right after this break right that's yeah, what yeah, this yeah. feels like right where everybody right. Like, you motherfucker yeah just say it answer yeah just fucking say it and so that was dynamite you know what i will also say now that we've fully recapped the show no match was a main event yeah none of these were main event this main event could have been a main event if ruby soho takes a chair to jamie hater's head after the match or something but all of this was as a wise man once said mid yeah. this was mid as it gets yeah i agree well speaking of mid we've got a wwe pay-per-view coming up no shit <laughs> and since uh this episode would be a little light if we didn't have a little extra content and you guys seem to like the wwe stuff we're going to talk about the elimination chamber coming up yeah, you guys like this WWE stuff. What are you guys, Eagles fans? What do you fucking like second place for? Like the real shit. Super Bowl champs. Kansas City Chiefs. AEW. One and the same, motherfuckers. Run with it or run from it. This shit ain't going away. Either one. AEW or the Chiefs. We're going undefeated next year. You're going to see it and you're going to love it. 20 and 0. Suck it from the back. Yeah, 20 and 0. 25 and 0. We're never losing again. 60 and 0. We're never losing again. We're going to squeeze four more games and win those just to show y'all. We're going to win forever. <laughs> Think about the date. We're going past that and winning. We're never losing again. It's so great. Super Bowl 57, yep. Chiefs. Super it, Bowl 77, Chiefs. Super Chiefs. Bowl 79, Chiefs. Yeah. Right. yeah. Your grandchildren are going to watch the Chiefs win their 30th consecutive yeah, fucking Super Bowl. be 65 World. years old out there. Oh. bombs. Mm-hmm bronze is fucking kid will just take over when patrick mahomes retires he says i'm winning now and he's, he's, he's gonna fucking bronze <laughs> yeah. they're never losing oh. again it's so great and guess what the bus is full you can't get on so yeah, too late. suck it too from late. the back oh, we got all the fans we're gonna have too late 
Right to be directly right related here. to somebody who's already yep. a fan. <laughs> yep. Andy Reid's fucking grandchildren are going to take over coaching, and they're yeah. just going to keep winning. Yeah. I love it. God, it sucks to be you if you're not a Chiefs fan. <laughs> hey, you know, I know Jeffrey Sills is a Broncos fan. Maybe, you know, maybe Sean Payton can get washed up Brady and Gronk to come and let Wilson sit on the bench, and then maybe you guys might win eight games. Look, I've never seen in the history of ever of the game of football, retired NFL coach comes out of retirement and then wins the Super Bowl. That has been zero for forever, and it's not going to fucking work for your mile-high city. The Broncos so love to, to go find somebody who used to be good and plug him in. And it worked one time when they did that with Peyton, right? Well, <laughs> like, it didn't the first time when he went to the Super Bowl and lost, and then it worked the second time when he threw nine touchdowns and 17 interceptions because you had Vaughn Miller. So, again, it don't work. And Sean Payton is going to be just like John Gruden where he's going to be all sizzle, no steak, and going to fucking lose. Yeah. Sorry. Going to talk and, about getting back to the QB run or whatever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, we need to run a 65 power trop right or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. You just, you, and you're in your Denver. Like, you know, come on. What's good in Denver? The state's pretty cool, but I'm talking about sports. What's good in Denver? Huh? Hmm? Used to be that you had what? legal weed, but now Missouri's got that, you know? Yeah, we got that. Woo, boy, Speaking of, yeah. hey, listen, you know, we went to the the uh, the uh, parade and the rally yesterday, and it mm-hmm. was not abnormal to go to a large outdoor event in Kansas City, Missouri, and get a whiff of the good stuff, right? That, that's nothing mm-hmm. new. But since this passing of recreational marijuana in the state, it's all it was, Tom. <laughs> I couldn't take oh, yeah. two steps without somebody rolling something up and lighting it and just like I was like, God damn, man. It fucking yeah. was hazy. May I make yeah, may I make just a suggestion to all the states that have legalized marijuana, which I am a hundred percent in favor of for many different reasons, but another oh, is sure. just it's your body, do it because right. it's your body, right? right? But can we just if we're all jumping on this bandwagon? Can some of you motherfuckers just do edibles so we yeah. don't walk into a fucking haze? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, you bring I, gummies to the to the rally. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. Just again, I'm not trying to. They got there's no now, judgment. You can fucking... yeah. There's no judgment. I'm just saying. How about we do the environment for the same reason? A little yeah, for the same reason we don't like smoking restaurants is the same reason. Exactly. <laughs> right. Just do a gummy. Yeah. Drink a drink, whatever it is. Yeah. Get it. Get, fucking do yeah. it like heroin. Well, do I don't it in the parking care. lot before you. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. a, like a normal human. <laughs> Something, but just don't spark. Uh, the amount of guys I saw sparking up while sitting next to a family with like kindergarten kids. <laughs> you know, I'm like, guys, come on, man, go well, take yeah, a walk. Look, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come on. Well, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if those fucking sixth graders need weed for whatever reason, they should do it. But I'm just saying, everyone, like. Half of us. Let's just do gummies. Like let's just let's just do gummies because it's just better for everyone. It hits yeah. you better. It doesn't smell. You can you can chew gum and then you're fine. You know what I mean? Like you don't smell it on your breath. Yeah. I don't know. Just come on, guys. Some friendly advice. That's my from Tom. that's my uh, uh, proclamation. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah, my yeah. friendly advice from Tom. <laughs> Jeffrey right, Sills so says he's not from Jeffrey Sills says he's not from Denver, although he is a Broncos fan. But he 
says he doesn't live there, but he was born and raised in Florida, and my state doesn't have legalized marijuana, but I smoke it like it is. So, I mean, yeah, he's being honest, right? Hey, listen. Well, good. Kansas ain't legal either. I'll say that much. But now that Missouri has legalized it, it makes things on those of us in Kansas a hell of a lot easier. I will say that. Yeah, and I tell you what. I, I take the long way home every day from work so I can take my bets and make them in Kansas when I come back over to Missouri. So, yeah, totally there with you. Octopus, remember, look it up. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about this Elimination Chamber. WWE is having the Elimination Chamber this weekend, which we've talked about this a bunch of times. These, these match-themed pay-per-views aren't always a great idea. The Elimination Chamber, mm-hmm. I think, is probably the one I would think most – folks like the most out of those mm-hmm. uh, as far as an event right like as far as you know how we made the hell in a cell event i don't think people like that but this at least it's a multi-person match right it's got like kind of its unique style so i think this one gets a pass um mm-hmm. but let's just talk about they've got five matches listed here on wwe.com as of thursday the 16th so we're just going to look through them bobby lashley versus brock lesnar what do you think happens here, Tom? Ooh, that's a that's actually pretty fun. I didn't realize that was going to happen. Yep. I will take. I will take a no DQ. I think it, they both. We keep a, it going. Schmoz. We yeah. build this WrestleMania. Yeah, WrestleMania. Yeah, WrestleMania. that's the thing is, I feel like we get it again, and either it's a no DQ or it's a. Bobby Lashley cheats to win in a way that Brock Lesnar is still coming after him. And we got to do this whole run back the whole, like, no, you're going to sign this contract. Be like, well, no, I'm not. I'm going to look it up. I think we just run it back, but I'm going to say Bobby Lashley wins through some nefarious purposes. Right. Right Maybe, maybe we get the hurt business rejoins up. Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Come on. Yep. That's the most likely thing to happen. The second most likely thing to happen is Brock Lesnar suplex cities, the shit out of him and stands tall and Brock must pose. No, because what? Because Bobby Lashley's too high profile to oh, really get not it. do anything. At oh, I know, but it's WrestleMania. WWE we're talking about. We'll see if Vince oh, is yeah, back true. in charge. Yeah, we'll see. That, yeah, that'll be the tail sign, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. Man, we did this at Royal Rumble 2022 when it was Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Miz and Maurice. I don't fucking care. Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley win this. No, no, it's going to be Edge and Beth Phoenix. Team they Grit. Fucking win. And by the way, what a, God. What a terrible name. It's so bad. Yeah. Dude, you were cool. You were the rated yeah, R superstar. Cool, yeah. You did the fucking live sex celebration. You fucking beat up John Cena's dad. Grit? You sound like a bacteria that no one wants to be around. Grit? Grit. Yeah, he used to be cool. Edge used to be he cool. He used to be fucking cool. Hey, I'm into action figures now, right? As you know, right? I, I show you some things here and there, right? Here's yeah. little John Silver, right? I look now at the Edge action figure every fucking time online or in person, and I say, skip. He's fucking a dork now. I mean, I feel like, and I could be wrong. Some people may, you know, fight me on this one, but I feel like Edge at his height was cool to everyone, right? Like, he crossed mm-hmm. demographics. Like, everybody loved Edge. Yeah. I don't want to say love, but everybody thought he was cool, right? Everybody thought he yeah. was cool, one of the cool guys in the room, right? Yeah. Now, he's the fucking guy uh, telling you about how cool his 86 Dodge Charger is. Mm. Grit? Team Grit. 
God. It's like the noise you make when you puke. You know? No. Yeah, but they're going to win. Beth Phoenix. Side note, though. Beth Phoenix winning the award for getting off the bus. She is shredded right now. Oh, man. Oh, I know. Yeah. She's rocked out. Yeah, she absolutely is. All right. We've got an elimination chamber match to determine the challenger to the Raw women's title at WrestleMania. So this is the Royal Rumble moment for the Raw women's title since the Rumble winner is going after the after the uh, the SmackDown champion, right? So then what's 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 old uh, Squats going to do? What's her name? Bianca Belair. What's what's she going to do? Is she in it? At this event? No. She's not on the event. She's not on the card. So your champion yeah. at a pay-per-view Gets is not run. wrestling anyway. Right. Nope. So we've got Carmella, Nikki Cross, Raquel Gonzalez, Asuka, Liv Morgan, Natty. Going to take on I Bianca. Hate, I hate all of those I options. I hate all of this, yeah. None of these is a good match. It's going to be Asuka. You don't – so – yeah, it'll be Oscar because she's heel now, right? And she's got the fun face paint. Yep, it'll be Oscar. Oscar. Can I tell you who the new natty is? The new fat friend? Uh, it's Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, she uh, is the new fat friend. Her promos, yeah. I don't think are... Look, her promos are so bad. She makes Sasha Banks look like an Academy Award winner. And Sasha do. Banks fucking sucks. It's hard to do. Um, for anybody new to the show, when Tom calls her the fat friend, it has nothing to do with her size or her weight. No. We're talking about the fat friend mentality. Yes, the fat yes. friend mentality where yeah. it's, will you go get me drinks? Of course. Do you want extra yeah. lemon with that? Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. Awesome. Of course hey guys, I will come back in the morning and pick you up from this guy's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, do you want me to drive you to the parade? I'll just uh, wait in the car. It's fine. Yeah. And then I'll take you home. Yeah. Mm. It's a fat friend mentality to clarify. Thank you for doing that. Cause some new time listeners may not know that. Yes. Um, but what Raquel Gonzalez with the, I, I just got to go on this tangent. I'm sorry. Oh. But with her fucking, I got a big back. No, you don't. Yeah, no, you first don't. Off, right. I don't. It's, it's above you're average tall, at best. And you're like a little bit broad for, as far as women go. Right. Yeah. But, but it's not because you have this overwhelmingly like muscled out back. You're just, you have, shoulders that are broad right like i mean yeah. so do i but nobody thinks i'm a huge you know what i mean like a huge muscle bound well yeah dude. like bianca belair has a better back than right. raquel gonzalez and so like and then she sucks in the ring her promos are garbage yeah she's the new daddy to me and natty still sucks she is the what she feels like is when they tried to have big Cass on his own and just be like mm-hmm. Cass, and you're mm-hmm. kind of like yeah he's big yep there it is. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Oscar yeah. wins him. Oscar wins. All right. Men's elimination chamber match for the United States title. We've got Montez Ford, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, the champion. Uh, what's his fucking name? I'm forgetting here. Austin Theory, um, Seth Rollins, and Damian Priest, friend of the show. Ah, man. I just feel like I feel like the answer is only Seth Rollins or it's Austin Theory, right? It's, it's one Austin of those two, Theory. and it's Austin. It's Theory. Austin. Yeah, 
Because it looks to me on social media, because Seth Rollins, oddly enough, for whatever reason, was doing Radio Row at the Super Bowl, which whatever, but it was interesting. Talked about the Chicago Bears who fucking suck. They're not the Chiefs. Um, they certainly didn't so draft like, Mahomes when they had the chance because they really thought Mitch Trubisky was going to be a thing. <laughs> doesn't that sound like a fucking, like a wheat thins? Mitch Trubisky? That sounds like a fucking cracker. You drafted, you drafted up. The- yeah, to, fucking... to get the cracker of quarterbacks, literally and figuratively. Yeah, he's quite um, the cracker. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Seth Rollins made many of mentions as I consumed all of Radio Row in anticipation for the Chiefs' victory at Super Bowl 57. He, in every interview, mentioned Logan Paul. Oh. So that is where he's going. He's going with Logan Paul to do all the flips and shit. And everyone's going to get so excited that Logan Paul can do a fucking standing backflip. So that's where he's going. Well, yeah. And so here's what I know. Montez Ford's not winning the United States title here. Nope. Johnny Gargano isn't isn't winning the United States title here. I mean, he's Man. the outside dark horse, maybe, if I had to name one, that I think they would not be shy of putting the title on him. But yeah, it, the story hasn't been there. Bronson Reed mm-hmm. ain't winning this thing at the Elimination nope. Chamber. Uh, Damian Priest, I just think their whole storyline, it doesn't need it right now, right? It's just He'd be Agreed. lost in the shuffle. So, like you're saying, it's Rollins or Theory, and if Rollins is penciled in for Logan Paul, which will be fine, right? And that'll be... That'll be great for all of the mainstream media's your Jimmy Fallon's mm-hmm. and your and your all mm-hmm. that jazz. So, hey, theory. speaking of, we're recording this at eight fifty one in the one true time zone on Thursday night. And on Thursday night, if you can't stay up late enough, check out Jimmy Fallon, where you can see special guest Travis Kelsey. And it was also announced that Travis Kelsey in March, is going to host Saturday Night Live. The greatest tight end of all time. The greatest fucking chief of all time. And well, I listen, love Patrick Mahomes. He, he's he's six ever. playoff touchdown passes away from catching the most playoff touchdowns in history. And he can do that next year when we and go 20 of and record, Yeah, of, of a record that thought was going to be like the stand the test of time yeah. from Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, the greatest a wide receiver. Wide receiver. <laughs> of all time undisputed nobody argues that one no and here's why again quick side note we'll get back into our fucking wwe well, maybe time. we won't uh man who knows <laughs> um if you watch that super bowl again there are two different times where travis kelsey runs the route and patrick mahomes again patrick mahomes is the greatest quarterback to ever live shut the fuck up but patrick mahomes has the ball and looks to travis kelsey and there are two different plays where travis kelsey points to the guy and said, throw it to him. And so he does, and that was the right decision. That is why Travis Kelsey is the greatest of all time. Shut the fuck up. Okay, so I think this is what happens with Austin Tahiri. Austin Tahiri wins the fucking elimination. Yeah, let's call him that. Why not? Fuck him. Uh, He's a nice guy. I hung out with him. Very nice guy. But uh, I don't like his character. Um, This is what I think he does. He wins here, elimination chamber. And he's just going like, guess what, guys? Ain't no one on my level. You know what I'm going to do at WrestleMania? I'm going to make a moment. No one's ever done an open challenge at WrestleMania. And we're going to do an open challenge at WrestleMania for my United States Championship. And then he goes to WrestleMania. He says, here it is. Anyone in the back wants a piece of me? If you want some, come get some. Which is a line. And then, do-do-do-do. And it's Cena versus Austin Tahiri. That's what happens. 
six or a dozen. Yeah. Hey, look, I have uh, three fingers on each hand. Woo. Yeah, Austin Theory wins. Well, the only other match that we have at the Elimination Chamber is for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn. And we got a promo between Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes, which I will say was good. Um, mm-hmm. that was didn't good make stuff. sense. Right, didn't, didn't make, make a whole sense, lot of sense. But it, in the moment, it was awesome. Because mm-hmm. again, let's take a high-level overview of what that segment was. We're on Monday Night Raw. Sami Zayn is a Friday Night SmackDown competitor. We're still doing brands, even though not really, right? But Sami Zayn comes from the crowd with his fucking jacket on, takes it off. It's like, I want to talk to Cody. Okay, that makes sense. Like, you're invading Raw to talk your shit to Cody. And then in the process of four seconds, then goes, I don't know if I can beat Roman. I don't know. And then it's Cody giving him a pep talk of like, it's your story. And it's like, how did we get here? (laughs) Yeah. That that was weird. Again, like what they were saying to each other, you could buy in and be like, wow, that was great. That was great. Back and forth. Mm -hmm. But why were they having it? Why is Cody Rhodes giving him a pep talk? And like, I I get this idea of a unified front of everybody thinks Roman is a cancer and we've got to, we've got to end this. Right. Just like the teams will be feeling four years from now when the chiefs have won five straight Super Bowls, Right. Like that's Mm -hmm. just how it's going to feel. So never losing. So I like, I I get it, but I just still feel like, man, what are they going to do here at elimination chamber? Because as I read it, it's not two championships, right? This is a singular, undisputed WWE Universal Championship. It is one title. Just he carries around two belts. It's a merged title. Like it's they don't have two split titles. He just carries mm-hmm. around two belts because he's a dork. So like, <laughs> I don't, I don't feel like Sami Zayn wins this because I don't see this idea that we're going to go Sami Zayn versus Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. No. Now, could no, we no, get no. a triple threat at WrestleMania? Is that where we're going here? Do you want my answer? Yeah. No. Okay. This is where Sami really Zayn out the suspense yeah. there. It's all yeah. <laughs> where this is where Sami Zayn comes up short. Oh my god, he would have had he would have won if he didn't lose, right? One of those situations. And would have won if he didn't lose. Kind of like you know the what Eagles I mean? and the Bengals. Yeah, kind of like the Eagles and the Jaguars. And the Bengals <laughs> and the Bills <laughs> and the 49ers. Anyhow, um and so he would have won if he didn't lose. And then we're going to get, "Hey, you asshole." Sami Zayn says to Roman Reigns, I get it. You're taking on Cody, but I got a challenge for you. If you recall the way this whole thing fucking started between these two, Sami Zayn said he's the locker room leader and he's the head of the table. I'm the locker room leader. He's the head of the table, right? So I am the locker room leader of SmackDown. So you can have your title match with Cody, but you defend that raw championship and you let me be the true locker room leader of SmackDown. And I challenge you because you think you're the man yeah. for the SmackDown championship. I don't night think they one, have two championships two. now anymore. I don't think they have a Raw and SmackDown championship. I think it is they will. a merged title. But yeah, they would they could easily split them apart. Yeah. I think night one, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn. Night two, Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes. Cody wins the Raw championship. R- Roman retains the SmackDown championship. And that's how we get everything separated. Yep. 
Well, but the atmosphere, but the atmosphere of this match is going to oh. be off the oh, charts. Yeah, the people are going to be behind Sami Zayn like nothing we've seen in a while. It's going to be. Great. I got asked this. I got asked this by one of our listeners, and they said, "Hey, what do you think? Like, what do you think will be the better match? MJF versus Brian Danielson, or mm. Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn?" And I said, "This is what my answer was." I thought about it for a while, and I said, "In ring." I think even though Roman and Sammy are outstanding because of the freedom that they have MJF and Brian Danielson in ring, I think will be better. Oh, yeah. But the from story. the story, which we care about more, I think Sammy Zayn and Roman Reigns, whatever the post-match or the swerve, whatever that is, will surpass what MJF and Brian Danielson do. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. Hey, look, I was the dumb shit who said, uh, you don't get rid of the athlete. You get rid of the fat guy. And here I am wearing the fat guy's t-shirt. You did say that it was on this show where we announced, you know, in the moment we got the notification and said, Oh man, the chiefs have traded Alex Smith. And you were like, that is a dumb move. And I said, you think so? And you're like, yeah, you get rid of the fat guy, not the athlete. And you were all like, he just had his, you know, season, uh, oh. Passingly, <laughs> yeah. He led the league in seed in passing. We were the number one seed, and didn't. Mm-hmm. Only reason we lost is because Mariota fucking threw a pass and caught it himself for a touchdown. I thought we were on. We had Travis Kelsey, but look. Side note: I always wanted to thank you because every year you could fucking play that clip on all your social medias and just fucking bury me, and you haven't. Yeah. And I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I remember it, was, it wasn't too long before that. When it was earlier in that season, I was listening to sports radio on my lunch break out in the car to avoid fucking work people because fuck them. And I remember Mike Vick was on with the guys. And Mike Vick had just got done working as an internship on the Andy Reid staff Mm -hmm. because he was trying to kind of, you know, get his name back out there and show that he, you know, could work with folks. Of course. And he said, they asked him about, you know, Mahomes went on and he was like, oh. And again, this is Alex Smith is still the starter. We know Mahomes got drafted, but we still are like, man, I hope this kid's something. And he said, no, I don't think you guys understand. He was like, this kid is special. He does things that I could never do. And that hit me so hard because I was like, I've seen Michael Vick do some shit. <laughs> I was like, yeah. like God damn, wait a minute. What are you saying? And I was yeah. just like, okay, well then I'm bought in. Right. Cause at the time, like he didn't have any reason to lie. Right. Like no, yeah. there was no reason to be like, no, you got to believe me. No, it was just, mm-hmm. he was like, now nah, you guys are about to see some shit. And man, he was right. And so when this, when this Alex Smith thing hit, I was like, now they know something. Right. I was yeah. like, this Mahomes is going to be good. They know something. <laughs> I thought at the time, if we go back to being true with ourselves, mm-hmm. I didn't know about that, right? If I heard Michael Vick say it, I probably would have been yeah, like, right. okay, Patrick Mahomes is the shit, but I didn't hear that. I really thought it was because they're the Kansas City Chiefs, and before Patrick Mahomes came here, the the playbook was, hey, you get good here. We ain't giving you the big contract. You go somewhere else. We'll go get the backup quarterback from the 49ers and bring him in, and you go somewhere else. Because Alex Smith was a backup quarterback yep. for the 49ers. He got yep. benched for Colin Kaepernick. We have Elvis Gerbach, Joe Montana. We have all the 49ers quarterbacks in our history. So Rich I thought Cannon. that's what we were doing. We yeah, got Rich rid of Rich Cannon, Cannon the other way. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Rich Cannon went the other way. We got rid of him. No, he went to the Raiders. Yeah. yeah. He yeah, Raiders. yeah. Then he yeah. won the MVP yeah. and then threw six interceptions yeah. in the Super Bowl, which Patrick Mahomes did not because we won the Super Bowl with three touchdown passes at Super Bowl 57. But yeah, Super going Bowl back MVP. to wrestling. 
two-time Super Bowl MVP. Two-time Super Bowl MVP. But getting back into the wrestling, I do think something's happening at the end of Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns. Whether it's Jey Uso, Jimmy Uso, Solo, Paul Heyman. Because one thing that was interesting is if you caught SmackDown, they're going to Canada for Friday Night SmackDown before uh, Elimination Chamber on Saturday. Paul Heyman said, hey, why don't you Usos, why don't you guys just stay back so you can see everything that happens here? Because you see things that you don't get to see when you're here, which alludes to the fact that Jay and Sami Zayn were fist bumping and holding hands and all that. And Jimmy and Jay were like, we're brothers. We love each other. And Paul Heyman don't like that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be interesting. I think there will be a major play happening at the end of that match. And that's for sure. That's probably why I will tune in to see what happens. Oh, yeah, I'm not watching anything but the final fucking 10 minutes of this shit. Yeah, but I think that's all we got for this week. So we will remind you to go to our website, uh, donate some money to us, be the beer sponsor of the week. There's a link on there, or there's a cash app, Spanish Announce Table. You can always do that. Uh, Check out our YouTube, like and subscribe the uh, videos and all that jazz. And um, as a reminder, go back and watch it in case you didn't, uh, the Super Bowl, because the Chiefs won it. The Spanish announce table.